Hi, you're listening to Thoughtful Wellness Revolution with Zara and Hien, a podcast where we believe wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you. Today, we are talking to Milton C. Stewart, founder of Kaizen Careers Coaching and Consulting, as well as podcast host for the Do It For The Gram Enneagram podcast, and he is located in Memphis, Tennessee. So Milton, what's on your mind today? Oh, wow. Um, thank you for the introduction. It's like so professional. I love that. Oh my goodness. Um, you showed up so professional. With your <laughs> we have to do our best. I really appreciate it. I um, What's on my mind today? Um, rest. I rested a lot today uh, because yesterday was a whole lot. Um, I did some training and my training goes late into the night. Um, and so uh, it, it, it was a lot of rest that I took today. I had a meeting to go to, well, go to AKA virtual. Whenever I, whenever I go to a, a meeting now, like a Zoom meeting, I'm like, I'm going to this meeting when I'm really not. I'm just really like turning on the screen and pushing a button. But uh, we besides, all are. I, I, we all are. <laughs> it's like, or if I say I'm going to meet someone, I end up actually saying I'm actually meeting them in Zoom. I'm not meeting them for real. I was like, I'll meet you, you know, at six. You know, I sent a text and they was like, what? And I was like, virtually. I, yeah, virtually. That's what I really mean. Um, but yeah, um, today it was, it was a lot of rest and um, pulling some energy in um, so that I could be in my best. And I, I feel really good and alert right now. Yeah, so I'm excited. Um, I kind of think that leads us into Kian. I Kian and I had kind of talked about uh, asking you to describe the Enneagram, why it's important, kind of how it fits into wellness. Did you have a better way to phrase that, Hien, before he goes? Oh, that was basically it, is, is wanting to know more about um, your thoughts on uh, the Enneagram, and in particular, how you see en- the Enneagram fit with your own wellness experience and practices. Oh, I have never been healthier um, until I met the Enneagram. And I say that in a way that is more holistic health, like I, I ran track growing up and all that type of stuff. So physically, you know, like, yeah, in that one sense of being athletically healthy, but not in being like somatically healthy, uh, mentally healthy, physically healthy, healthy in the way that I engage other people. Um, the Enneagram allows me to actually like check in with my mental uh, so I can check in with what's going on in my brain, what's going on, some patterns that I may be having, thought patterns that may not be healthy. I can check those, see what's going on there, and then have resources to work with them. Allows me to check in with my heart, which has been a place that I have not naturally check in based on my Enneagram type. And so it allows me to check in with my heart and see what's going on there so that I can engage better, I can connect better, um, and, and not just connect better with other people, but connect better to myself as well. And then also the somatic part of it, which is even though someone could be like a, the world's greatest athletes, the somatics, a.k.a. understanding what's happening in the body in correspondence to life and stimuli has been huge for understanding like how to listen to my body so that I make sure I'm getting the nourishment I need. And that nourishment, it may be in the form of physical food, but it also may be in the form of relationships. It also may be in the form of like taking time to like go rest, like I said before. So it has allowed me to be um, quite healthy in a lot of different ways. So the Enneagram, it is on the surface of what many people think, personality test. It's like, oh, I got a personality, but it's way, way more. It really describes the why behind how we behave, how we think, and how we kind of emote. 
And so it's very important to understand that because if we understand the why, then we have a chance to actually do something about it, you know, be able to change things that may not um, be healthy for us or may not be on tilted going the right way. So we can catch those patterns. We can really change things and become healthier holistically. Wow. That was so cool. Like just the way that you, you know, shared your own experience and that in relation to the Enneagram. And so I guess one thing I'm curious about, um, because, you know, I know about the Enneagram thanks to Zara and also because the therapist I'm currently working with, it's funny. I, I tell Zara, like I basically pay this woman to let me talk about my feelings and to learn about the Enneagram because we use the Enneagram in our sessions. Um, and so I'm curious to know then um, with what you're saying, how, how best um, should people or not how best, how would you recommend like the best way for people to begin to explore the Enneagram for themselves? Because I know there's like that personality kind of part. What would you recommend that they do to go a little bit deeper and including all the things that you said, like the somatics and whatnot? Yeah. Uh, so when we talk about going deeper and so they're not just looking on Instagram and finding like really funny memes about their number or somebody else's number um, and boxing people in. So <laughs> if we're talking about going a little bit deeper, I would say one thing is to actually attend um, an Enneagram um, conference or training by a, um, a like either accredited or very, very um, uh, good Enneagram teacher or expert. That's what I would that's what I would say. That's one of the ways because you're going to learn things from them that you won't pick up on social media. You're going to learn things from them that are more nuanced. You're going to learn things from them that also come from like years and experience of studying people, being with people, working with people in the different types. And so you pick up that and what it does, it allows you to actually do work and grow. Like there's one thing, like I said, to look at a social media post and laugh at it and then stay there. It's like, oh, that's my box. That's my personality box. I live there. And it's like, no, 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 no. The, the, the goal of the Enneagram is not for you to live in your number box. It's to be dynamic. It's to be able to see those patterns and be different, to embody the energy of all the nine types and not just like, I'm one type for my life, you know? And so it's really undoing some of the unhealthy patterns um, that we have in our type and not being addicted to what it actually can be a gift. That's a huge issue. It's like we're all addicted to something in our type, but it's like it's a problem when it becomes an addiction. It's a gift, some of it, but like when it becomes addiction, it's all this bad stuff that comes with it. And um, aka ego, I won't go into that. So th those are the things that I would definitely say um, you can do work. It's like looking at the IEA um, website which is international enneagram association website they got a ton of different teachers on there they got a ton of different programs um do it for the grand podcast i have one um and i mentioned in a lot of my episodes i mentioned a lot of the different uh really good teachers that i've learned from they have programs going on um i'm doing a program now but just finding that way to connect with like an enneagram teacher or expert who's been doing it a while, like who has like who experienced, that's the way to go deeper. And then after that, you'll find communities, you're going to make connections. I mean, that's how I know Zara, right? That's how we know each other. So <laughs> um, and then you don't you just keep doing the work. And before you know it, like, you're really growing, challenging yourself, and you've built a community. Um, you didn't even build it necessarily, it just kind of found you and you became a part of it. And it's like, whoa, this is awesome. So I think that's probably the best way to go deeper with it. Um, I have a follow-up question to that that 
I already sort of know the answer to, but I'd love to hear you answer. Okay. Um, how, because there are so many people who talk about the Enneagram, who know about the Enneagram, who perhaps teach about the Enneagram. How do you determine a good teacher? Oh, oh, wow. That's a good one. So I, I think that's a loaded question, Zara. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. We got to know. Our listeners got to know. I, I mean, I just there's so many reasons. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and tell me if I leave something out, Zara, because I know we've probably even talked about this quite often. But I think one of the things you need to look for in a teacher is not only their own knowledge, like they may have a lot of knowledge, but are they doing the work? And are they doing inner and outer work? So does their life reflect like the Enneagram um, work that they should be doing in their specific type? Um, so sometimes you can definitely see that by the way that they correspond with other people. Uh, for those who are who are on social media, the ones who are on there, you can sometimes really catch what they do and how they teach. Um, that's one way. Another way is to, um, if they're a teacher who is humble, um, who's, who's like, you, you know, they're doing the work. They're constantly doing the work. It's like, they know they're not perfect. They have a lot of knowledge, but they're actually embodying what they're trying to teach to other people. Um, and then I think the other thing I would say is probably, so there is the International Enneagram Association. Everybody who's a part of it is not, I mean, everybody who's not a part of it and who is a part of it doesn't mean that they're like necessarily like a great teacher and they're not a great teacher, but they're not. Um, they're trying to make the standard better um, so that like it is more um, it's a it's a a better line of like having the accredited teachers are trying to make it where it's like you can check these things out. But I think are who I'm trying to think because it's like you said, you know, that's I was I'm thinking to myself. I'm like, what answer is she looking for um, that we may have even talked about? I'm not looking for a specific answer. I just know there are so many bad Enneagram teachers out there who are not necessarily doing their work. Say it like it is. Say uh. it like it is. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's the tricky part. So um, if you just if you just watch and monitor a person, really like monitor them and what they're doing, because you're going to find out if they're a teacher and they don't get like a platform. You're going to find out. Right. And it's not to say like this person's a good person, per se. We're not looking for a good or bad person. We're looking for a person who's constantly doing their work and trying to build and help other people and themselves. So if you if you find um, people who are doing that, then they're doing the work. They really are. But if they're not, it's like, mm. and then who are they connected to? You know, like there's a there's a connections in the Enneagram world of teachers. And if you start to see them, if they're really connected to teachers who are bringing forth and doing um, way more than just, quote unquote, inner work for themselves, but they're actually doing the outer work as well, a.k.a. giving to their community in different communities, then, I mean, you can really look and be like, OK, maybe this person is doing the work, because I think that's one of the biggest parts is just when you learn about a teacher, you get to know them. And so I think that's the biggest way. And then once you build a com once you become part of community, then you have other people you can ask. I'm like, what about this person? What about this person? You know, I'm just wondering, you know. So I, I would say that's probably the best way um, without saying that, like, I could look at a post when somebody posts something on social media and be like, they don't know the Enneagram. You know, besides that, you know, um, that's probably the best way until you get in contact with somebody. It's like, oh, that information they put down there is actually wrong. And they just like gunjured that up out of the blue or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 
what, what I find interesting in hearing what you're saying is that I think a lot of it can parallel, say, like the yoga and meditation world, if we're looking at teachers, as, as someone who's a yoga and meditation teacher, is that you can see people who are teaching yoga and whether they're really doing the inner and outer work. Um, a lot of it can seem like they're doing some outer work, you know, with social media there's always the performative post right where they'll say like mm. like oh i'll teach our class on this and we'll donate to this because of you know whatever cause or whatever they're trying to seem like they're doing um and so i can see that but i think also then what makes me curious is then are there sort of maybe i don't know the word is red flags or like maybe signs of, of a type of teacher or type of person you could stay away from um like i know for instance with like in the yoga world um, for me, I like to try to stay away from teachers who have a very hardcore like diet culture language like oh come to this yoga class just so you can like lose weight and sculpt your booty and all that and like, <laughs> you, that's not even yoga then because it's much deeper than that right or you know the meditation teacher who's just trying to sell you like a training or a treat where they don't acknowledge like the like philosophical underpinnings of like meditation. And so those are like things for me that I would look out for. I'm curious to know in the Enneagram world, if there's something like that, or if it's really, I mean, to me, it feel like it's really hard because I just see a lot of memes. Like, yeah, no. honest, like I just see a lot of memes with like, just because you're good at drawing cute pictures and creating memes, like that doesn't mean you're a good or bad teacher. And so like, how could, I don't know, a normie so, me navigate? <laughs> two things popped in my mind. Um, one of them is, lines. And so if you're reading a post or you're reading information and it is literally like drawing a line around the type structure and not creating a dotted line. And what I mean by that is that Enneagram types by nature, the ego structure has its own version of how it kind of reacts and does things, but it does not have a, a hard line around it. So it can escape out of the line and have energy that looks look like different types or different cultures or whatever, however you were born, you know, you got different cultures. So it may not be your numbers culture. So you have that. So when I see a teacher who's drawn like a hard line or says something hard line around a, a type and says, this type is 100% like that, I'm, I'm a little weary and cautious of that. And so looking at the language that teachers use, which is the next um, point that I wanna make, is uh, also, I would say a red flag, really looking at the language and how they en encase the language. Because when we're talking about the Enneagram, we're talking about something that is, um, we're talking about a person's identity almost. Like we have identified with these things before we learn it's like, this is not our identity. It's a part of us, but not our identity. And so you're dealing with really fragile things, uh, really fragile parts of ourselves. And to use hard language when you're talking about the fragility of somebody's uh, ego, Oh my goodness, that can be dangerous, detrimental, and harmful. And so if a teacher's doing that, back away ASAP, run away, find, listen to someone else, because that is going to be damaging more than actually helpful to people. Wow. I appreciate you saying that because one thing I've seen a few times is language people use around type ones and memes where it's like, oh, one is rigid, one is clean, one is organized. And it's like, I mean, I know ones who are rigid, clean and organized. And I know ones who do not fit that bill at all. But I also because saying things like rigid is something that's going to set off a type one structure. So it's like being really mindful in the language you're using with people. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, because it's the difference between saying can be, usually is, tends to be, compared to you are. There's a whole difference there. There's an identity difference there, right? You know, generally, sevens are happy and optimistic, floating around everywhere. But not always. There's moments, <laughs> sevens can be very negative, matter of fact. You know, so like making sure that in the way they use language is a, I would say that's one of the biggest red flags for sure. Watching out for that. Yeah, thank you for that. I, I think that is such good um, insight. And I will be watching out for that too, because I think I fall into when I see posts about my type and I'm like, damn it, that's all I am. I'm just a sad little four. Like, I, can I, can I be happy? Like, yes. is it possible for me to be a happy person or am I just always sad and moody? Cause that's kind of what these little memes tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are happy. I, I'm feeling the happiness now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm getting a little frustrated thinking about all of the meme culture in the Enneagram world and just how much it takes away from, and we, we all talk about this separately because I talk to you both separately, but about like the nuance of the Enneagram and the types and just like these little things that really get lost, I think, in Instagram specifically. And this is a way different topic than anything I had thought of bringing up and maybe we'll edit it out, but. Um. No, actually I'm curious about that because sort of with where this conversation is going, I'm curious to know from both of you, if you think social media is partly why there's these, I don't know. I mean like social media, we could talk to someone else and have a whole episode on it or something, but just, just thinking about social media's impact on wellness in many ways, social media's impact on our personal use, as well as how we learn about different modalities, you know, whether it's the yoga meditation or Reiki or the Enneagram or anything else, like, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Because I'm finding it's like a double-edged sword and it's a very sharp one. Oh yeah. (laughs) I like that. Double-edged and very sharp. I, I totally agree. I think here's the, here's the balance of it. It's so crazy because I love the fact that that more and more people are understanding and knowing what the Enneagram is. That's absolutely great. If we can get you a tool that has, that helps you to find some type of self-awareness, you know, I don't want you to get stuck there. That's the problem. People get stuck, but um, I'm loving that more and more people are knowing about it. That's great. Right. Downside though, there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of um, self-glorification um, that happens with certain people and their profiles and different things. And then there's also, like you said, uh, he and like reading like the post and then be like, oh, that's all I am. Dang, that's, you know, because literally if, if you don't know you're more than that when it comes to Enneagram, you will you might take a hook, line, a sinker and be like, oh, that's me. You know, they first it's like, oh, that's me. But it's like, oh, I guess that's me. You know, like, no, no, you're so much more. Like, yes, that is identified with that ego structure, but not you. Your essence is way more, way more than just simply that number. So. That's very important. I think it is something that is um, it, it is that double edged sword and we have to really be careful with it and we have to be of our own use uh, because for each one of our types, it can do something a little different for all of us. And so we have to be aware of what that's doing to us personally. Right. Um, I'm thankful that I really get tired on social media. So I've hired someone to help with my social media. And guess what? I have seen posts. Let me let me say this. I've seen posts because um my uh, virtual assistant 
was making posts and uh, they're not in America. And so they were making posts and they were putting to what they believe was the general American way people wanted to see people. They were putting skinny white folks. And I was like, uh, no, that is not what we're posting. I want multi-colored, multicultural, uh, all types of different people on my post. And she was like, got it. I was like, all right, cool. Um, because that's just her perception of what America was and everything happening. You know? And so I let her know. And so now I have like, I love it because it's totally different and different people, every post that she has on there. And then, but I also make sure there are some posts sometimes because she doesn't understand my version, doesn't understand the Enneagram as well as I do, you know? And because um, I give her free autonomy to, to knock out stuff and I try to give her resources, but I'm not always there to see the posts that's like playing always. So I have taken down one or two because I felt they were not, um, I felt that they could lead to misinformation. And so then I would take it down. I would let her know just kind of about it and just fill her in a little bit more on Enneagram. Because I, I really do think it's so important um, about how you present the information and you contact people like that's huge i'm not going to get the most post i'm not going to get the most re repost and uh, all these stories all this type of stuff necessarily i'm not going to grow huge and big and i'm totally okay with that you know because what i'm doing i'm trying to actually help people really go inside and do the work to so they can really transform their lives and not just be happy buzzy um I look real good out here, you know what I'm saying? I, I want it to really be good and deep work. And that's the reason why I like I try to post like I do. Um, and I don't do like overt amounts of things that I like. People would love if I posted this, you know, because it don't do nothing. It's real surfacy and that that makes my skin crawl. Um, one thing I want to add on that is I think I kind of noticed this past year, 2020, a lot of the and this isn't exclusively true like I see people that I value and appreciate posts all the time but I think most of the coaches yoga teachers Enneagram professionals people that I know in the wellness field who I value a lot of them have kind of not given up on social media but have started to approach it in a very different way now because a lot of us are seeing these limitations that you're having like defining the friends cast in an Enneagram post you know what I mean like those characters are not developed enough to have Enneagram types. As someone who's seen Friends thousands of times, I'm not necessarily proud of it, but it's true. You know what I mean? Like, they're not developed enough. And it's to see, like, all of that stuff taking up space on the internet, and then you're posting things that matter, that mean things, that have nuance. It's like, why am I spending all this time and energy to craft something when most of these people are just coming up with anything to put together to have something to keep that platform to keep the algorithm going and look how great i'm doing and i know so much you know yeah or, or it's the collecting all the followers right like those really large meme accounts and then yeah. they try to sell you um a retreat <laughs> or something. i know i know it's like no i'm 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 good on that that's that's the interesting part about it too it's like we, we do have to be careful of in the world of the Enneagram right now, you have to be careful of accounts that are super large um, right now. I'm, and I'll be I honest. I the same for yoga, to be honest. <laughs> because, you know, in no disrespect to any of those accounts or whatever, but to be honest, the teachers who are doing the work work uh, that I have seen over time do the work work. I mean, like Russ Hudson, one of the greatest Enneagram mm -hmm. teachers. I don't know if that man has over, I don't know, 
5,000 people following him, like barely. And he's like triple our age. So like, I don't even know. He's not triple our age. Sorry, Russ. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm just saying he's, he's an on elder there. in the Enneagram. So you respect that. that. He's an that's elder. right. And, uh, and he, he does post things on there. And he's one of literally the top ranked. And he like, and he's not... He doesn't have a ton of crazy followers on on like social media and everything. You know what I'm saying? So I would just be I guess that could be like I wouldn't say a red flag, but just be cautious, like for really big accounts in the Enneagram space at this point in society or in time that we're in. Just 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 be cautious of those. Just be cautious. Yeah, I think that's a great advice for really any account is just that I, I think I'm hearing you say to practice discernment. And that's definitely something I have to try to do uh, in all social media platforms that I've been using is the discernment of the same thing goes with Twitter and who has the most followers on Twitter. The same thing goes on Instagram and the yoga meditation world. The same thing goes on. I don't know if you've been on Clubhouse. It's a newer audio based app. I've heard of it. It goes on Clubhouse, right? It's, it's, it's a very similar theme. Um, and so thank you for just also shouting that out with the Enneagram world. Cause I think right now, the Instagram is so hot. Like, it seems like to me that there's so many people who are eager to learn about it because I think um, it is a very beautiful tool and system, you know, from what I know about it. And I, and I like love to see that excitement when people find out something and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to know more about it. I want to tell people about it. Cause I've also been like that in, you know, the yoga uh, and meditation world. And then there's that big, and be careful with what you're actually right. like the, the information you're consuming and then it's like who is your teacher and your quote-unquote expert that's telling you these things um and and I I just want to ask something because you mentioned it earlier with um how you get your VA you have your VA to help you with your social media posts and this assumption that in America people want to see like you know just white skinny folks mm -hmm. and I'm curious to know you know if you think that that is um I guess if you think that's because your VA is making assumptions about Americans, um, or if you think maybe that's what people even think the Enneagram is throughout the world. Like, is it, a, I mean, does it, I mean, like other things in wellness, it seems like pretty white. <laughs> and I know I'm opening like a big like topic here, but wondering if you'd like to, um, you know, speak on that. Um, and then also Zara, you know, I'd love to also hear about, you know, I've talked to Zara a little bit about it and, yeah. You know, a little bit of how you navigate that or why you think that is and like if there's any change coming on that wow like five questions <laughs> i i just had chills through my body when you went through that i was like whoa <laughs> like those good chills like oh shoot we getting into this that's what i'm talking about so i think a big part of it is that um i'll answer the first and i'll try to get to all of them <laughs> yeah um the, the first I, I i do think outside of America, it makes sense um, that if they are watching American TV, that they're probably going to see skinny white folks or white people. And that's the only version for the most part where they see like the one or two uh, character who's not white there. And, you know, they're usually playing a certain role. They got like a certain role they play in these type of shows or whatever. Right. Because no, storyline. Sorry. <laughs> right. Right. They don't have like different storylines. So. That's exact. So I think that's one big part of it. And then two, I think maybe even my VA, some of uh, their, her other uh, clients 
are probably white from America. So she's used to doing that for them. That's probably the part that was like, oh, you know, and then when I had to tell her, I was like, well, ah, skirt, skirt, skirt. All right. First and foremost, we're not doing that. So that's also another good perception, too. <clears throat> and she didn't know what the Enneagram was before she before I hired her. So we, we went through the test and everything. And um, the perception around the world, though, it is through a, a very heavy white lens. There's no doubt. There is no doubt about that. Um, and the thing is, it's a lot of people working on it now, which is good. I'm be honest, there's a lot of work going into it now. Like, obviously, 2020 helped accelerate that process, uh, most definitely. And I mean, coming from multiple different cultures, helping to accelerate this, which is actually really, really good and great, because many people are noticing that it's like even the descriptions of many types, it doesn't do justice to people of color. A lot of times it's more of the, the white culture in America's version of that type. And that's not the same for all of us, right? That's, that's really not. Um, and so people have been trying to, like I said, nuance the language. Uh, people have actually started the IEA, International Enneagram Association, has started uh, Ennea groups. And so they started one, which is BIPOC. Um, they have started one, which is POCs, started one, which is uh, anti-racism, started one that's LGBTQIA. Um, Plus, and so they're, they're actually creating more groups for different uh, groups of people who may not just be mainstream, right? And it's also building the community of the Enneagram in a healthy way uh, that has actually had teachers who are leading it who like are actually those people, right? So me being a black male teacher in the Enneagram, I am rare. I am like a unicorn out here, not gonna lie. Um, I don't know. Um, too many black Enneagram teacher males who are doing what I do. There are males using it um, in different places, which is great. And I love that because it is rare, but there's not any necessarily teaching like I'm teaching and like has like a small platform like I do. And so um, I, I, I use that as a, I take it as a gift, as humbleness and gratefulness and a blessing to be able to have the little platform I do have to actually be able to share um, the work of the Enneagram, but also be able to share like that outer work portion of it and the part we're dealing with about how we like we treat people and like actually deconstructing um, institutionalized racism, deconstructing white supremacy, deconstructing like uh, colonization, all these things like we actually have, like we got to talk about them and do something about them, you know, like we do. We cannot be in this Enneagram world and act like it don't exist. And what I love about it is that um, the IEA has actually, the board of IEA has figured that out. Like the people they have there now is like, oh, you can't do that. And so there has been major shifts, um, even into these Enneagram groups that I'm talking to Enneagram groups that are, which they're open by the way now for people who want to uh, join one. They are actually even looking at the language, like a language guide. Like what language, um, if you're going to be working within these groups, is going to be offensive or what do you need to catch up on? Because the language does change, there's new things, you know, but we have to be humble enough uh, as facilitators and teachers in these different places to constantly be learning if we're going to be in these fields, constantly like kind of learn like, oh, okay. And if we make a mistake, be humble enough to apologize and be like, all right, I'm going to study and need to learn because now there's something new here that I didn't know before. I just didn't. So um, I think there is major shifts coming. Uh, there are teachers like Dr. Egerton, uh, Deborah Egerton, who's leading a mad charge um, 
of making sure that like diversity, equity, and inclusion is started to be within the Enneagram space um, and with globally, like in companies and places. So yeah, to all your questions, I mean, I, I do I do see it getting better. I see it um, growing and um, I am thankful to be like a small part of it right now and hopefully growing and hopefully you all will be too. Wow, thank you so much for that. I gave you like I gave you like five questions within one bigger question and you answered it so thoroughly and with a lot of insight and I just really appreciate that. And I am so I feel so like heartened to hear that because um I I've only taken like one little Enneagram training and at the time and this was last year, they had started to talk about, you know, the more diversity kind of stuff um but it was still like in terms of like the cohort I was in and whatnot it was still very white and so I just have um I don't know what's the word like um, reservations hesitations about that just because I'm so used to the other parts of the wellness world I'm in and as Zara knows the yoga world (laughs) and how much of a hot mess that is and at the same time there you know like for instance, Zara and I um, studied with Susanna Barkataki, who in the yoga world is doing a lot of that, leading that charge with like the DEI work and the importance of, you know, anti-racist and work and reckoning with like colonization and, and whatnot. And it makes me feel so funny because I'm, like I said earlier, I like, could, could I ever be happy? Because I'm just a sad, moody little four. It makes me feel happy, right? To know yeah. that, that these things are out there impossible. And like Zara, you know, for people who are looking at the video, it's like laughing at me. <laughs> like, yeah. just, um, but it really does make me feel um, excited that there's stuff happening in the Enneagram world and that there are opportunities for people to learn about it and not feel so, I don't know, marginalized at the same time. Yeah, yeah because I will add that it really wasn't that long ago where we were going to conferences and Milton and I were pretty much among a few other people were the only people of color in a lot of these spaces. And it's crazy to think that it was in 2019 that that was the situation. And like now to think about how many more teachers of color and teachers of different culture, minority or like marginalized teachers, like it's really just beautiful to see in two years. I guess almost two years. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> it's real crazy. Yeah. Losing the COVID year has really just thrown everyone's sense of time off. I know. And I remember that year that we met uh, at that Enneagram conference. Zara. That was that was like the longest year of my life, but in a good way. It, <laughs> I mean, because I mean, we did multiple conferences that year, actually. Um, but the experiences were so amazing. And here's the thing about the Enneagram community. When you um when you become like a part of you grow and you go to different conferences and you get with the group of people who are really doing their work, you meet some amazing people. Oh my. Like when you talk about being able to bring your full self, feel fully accepted, fully loved, fully cared about. Oh my goodness. Like it's unbelievable. I have so many houses I can stay in based on people knowing me from an Enneagram conference. It's kind of crazy. I was like, you only know me for like four or five days. And they're like, if you ever come in my town, please stay in my house, you know? And, um, but it's because in these conferences, people like who are really doing the work, you really get to see each other. You, you get to see the person. A lot of times we see the ego structure or we see purely the actions or purely the words they say, but there's so much more there and underneath it. And a lot of times, 
we don't get to see that if we don't know how to look for it as well. So in these conferences, you start to see that from people and you find a deeper love and empathy and compassion for yourself and others. And it's like, whoa, this is this is deep. Um, me, Zara and a good friend of ours, Chi Chi, we went to the beach at the last day of our um, Enneagram conference about two years ago. And you talking about one of the most I don't know how to describe the experience. It was like it was a spiritual experience. That's what it was. That's why I can't really ex explain it with words because it was spiritual. We, we had did so much inner work, so much work. And we went to this beach and there was like Zara was just doing. There was like crying. There was like that was just this deep expression of everything within being like, OK, in the moment, this deep sense of presence um, of just being like, I'm here right now. And this is I'm here like this is okay right here i am grateful blessed thankful loving this moment right here and that's just a moment it's crazy it was like watching an apple commercial but we were living it you know what i'm saying they you're like oh my gosh they, they look so cool <laughs> you know but we were living it and i got pictures to prove it like it's one picture i'm like that could be in an apple commercial right there that picture right there I was just going to say truly, though, because I remember, I mean, we stood there and looked out at the ocean. Everyone was silent for minimum five minutes. And it wasn't like there was a weirdness where you're like, are, are we like, why are we all standing here quietly? It was just like, oh, like, this is just so wonderful and amazing and beautiful that like, there are no words that anybody needs to say here or convey here because we understand each other on a level that's beneath what our type is. And we understand ourselves in that way. And it's just like really beautiful to share with other people. And I think that's like the power of the Enneagram community and the Enneagram in general. Yes. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I'm so intrigued and I'm, I'm, I'm so, you know, thankful to hear that such an experience is possible. Um, just, you know, in, in any world, but especially in wellness and in something like the Enneagram. I'm just so happy and grateful for you both for doing what you both do. I mean, of course, I'm grateful for Zara. Like, you're my co-host. <laughs> like, I love you. So I just want to tell you that again, you know, because um, when I got feelings, I got to share them, you know, <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah. And and I, I want to um, ask you, Moten, um, what is one thing that you want to see more of um, in wellness, and this could be in particular to the Enneagram world. Um, and what's one thing you want to see less of? Ooh. All right. Good one. Here we go. Um, I would say one thing that came up for me as you were asking the question that I want to see more of is I want to see more somatic work in the Enneagram space. Um, there's tons of. Can you of explain a little bit about what uh, somatics work means? Okay, and you two probably can speak to it even better than I can to a certain degree, but somatic is the sensations that happen in the body that um, are connected to um, either um, stored energy from situations, um, emotions, these different things actually store energy within our bodies, and especially when it comes to like trauma, it comes to like a whole lot of different things that can actually make that happen. So the sensations that happen in our bodies, so giving the uh, listeners an example, um, a really easy example is like you're driving along a, a steep hill and you're going down and you feel like a, just like this wave in your stomach. Oh, my goodness. Like, a you know, there's a sensation there and there's not always necessarily emotion attached, but there is a sensation. And so understanding that that sensation has a connection to your emotions and your thinking, but it's also energy within your body. And so a lot of times 
we feel things and we do not we're, we're so disconnected from our bodies and we're taught that way unfortunately that we don't understand that it's so much power and information in our bodies and to really be un, to really unlock some of these things to really heal we have to deal with those somatic parts of our body so for instance um say for instance that you um have uh, you get angry at a certain point there's certain things that that trigger you right that lies in your body somewhere too that's anger that has like that's energy that has trapped somewhere in your body and the thing is we tend to like try to think about it try to do all these other things when we really need to breathe sit down with it and allow ourselves to really be curious about that spot of whatever is that in our bodies of what's happening so it'll allow that energy to actually be able to move eventually but to actually honor that part of ourselves to honor that spot because it's trying to tell us something it's trying to give us information and we just do all these other things in order not to deal with it so i think that's a big part of the enneagram world that um I'm doing more and more exploration on and learning and getting better with, but it has to be a part of it. Like there, like you cannot keep growing <laughs> in the Enneagram world if you're not becoming in touch with your body and knowing what's going on there, because there's stuff, there's literally physical stuff in our bodies. The energy will stop us. It will stop us. And then it will reinforce our Enneagram type structure. And we'll be running that same tape, same pattern over and over again. So we have to be able to deal with those things inside of ourselves, which I want to see the most. Uh, the thing I want to see less of, ooh, that's a tricky one. I probably got a long list of these, but I'm trying to keep a PG up in this mug. All right. So. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, Zara, what is this? A PG-13 podcast? Like. No, it's, it's all good. No. Um, I don't get for the rating and I have a very bad potty mouth so we all know that <laughs> yeah I, I mean I don't have any I don't have anything like too crazy to say but I'm I'm trying to think of what I would like to see less of and I, and I think when I it comes to that the first thing that comes up to my brain right now is just less misinformation on the Enneagram I ooh, if I could see less of that I would be so excited um because there's a part of me sometimes because I support the community and I, I'm cautious with the people I follow on, on like Instagram because they'll follow my podcast on there if they've seen it. And I'll be looking at their posts and like, let me see what's going on here. And I'd be like, ooh, no, mm, that's not true. That's just not true. And then I fight between like, do I put it out there? Do I go ahead and state it here? Or be like, ooh, I don't think I should do that because that could cause a whole, like, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to get in an argument with nobody. That's a waste of my energy. Like, if I saw him in person and we had a conversation, we can talk about it. But I'm not going to waste my energy right here telling them how wrong what they just put in is. But if I could see less misinformation out there on the Enneagram, that would be a gift to me. Yeah, that I I agree with that. And I'm really hoping for a future with less misinformation, too, um, because... I am finding the Enneagram so interesting. And now I'm like, I want to know more. And so um, can you let us know um, how uh, people can get in touch with you? So uh, they can contact me at kaizencareers.com um, if they're looking for coaching or consulting. Um, they can follow me on Instagram at do it for the gram podcast. Um, it's also at kaizencareers.com. I mean, kaizencareers. And um those are three ways that people can get in contact with me. I just dropped an ebook today. Um, it's free. Uh, it's on Enneagram Career Guides. It's something really simple, sweet, and short. I'm very practical. That's my natural 
That's just how natu- I naturally am very practical. So this career guide is just very practical, very down to earth, um, just giving you short, sweet tidbits that could be helpful to any Enneagram type. So you can find that on KaizenCareers.com. But like you said, it'll also be in the show notes as well. And um, besides that, I do have some big things coming up. Um, well, I also uh, have an Enneagram book that I'm doing. And I'm very excited about, but also like a little nervous and anxious about, um, but that's all good. So I do have that coming out. Wow. Thank you so much, uh, Milton, for all of your insight and knowledge and your your beautiful like presence. Thank you. Thank you so Appreciate much it. for uh, chatting with us today. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to the Thoughtful Wellness Revolution podcast. And be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to wherever you're listening to us. For-